The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, uh, to our new look, our new feel, our new show, Actually, same same show, just getting better and better and better. I uh, appreciate you being here, uh, of listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization, and being part of Googleization Nation. So, Keith, this is uh, this is new and exciting, and so far so good. The technology all worked. This is it, buddy. We are now face to face, no matter what happens outside of our homes. I love it. <laughs> no, absolutely. So we're we're doing our social distancing. Uh, one of these days, we'll be back together here. That'll be cool. Uh, and uh, we can share the same background, uh, but uh, yeah. this this should be great. Uh, we've got a our, for our inaugural show, our not our inaugural uh, video show, I guess, or live streaming. Uh, we've got Victor Assad. I know you just mm -hmm. met him in the in the green room just a few minutes ago, uh, and uh, we'll be bringing him on. Uh, he brings a, a, a he's a kindred spirit, as far as I'm concerned. A uh, lot of what he's been talking about, what you and I have been talking about for years, uh, you know, about recruiting, uh, about the HR technology is not the solution. It's got it's part of the solution, but it is not the solution, which I know, uh, you know, many companies still expect it to be. Uh, and I met him just a few weeks ago. So you hear a little bit more about that in in short time. Uh, we'll get him on the air shortly. Uh, what's been going on with you over the last uh well since last week since, since last I haven't week been in a while actually so. I, I tell you what i feel like i'm in warp speed now i used to think that we were moving pretty fast but all things considered ira the roi shop has been moving through some really big projects and we're getting really good feedback we've had two clients that were implementing increase their their order by over 400 percent Wow. So like that's two, two deals and um, two new clients. And it's really exciting to see something that you've been, you know, we, I feel like the, the podcast helps document the crazy trail that we're walking. And sure. uh, it's just wild. To see. We're, we're, we're actually, I don't want to jinx it. And I don't think I am, but we're probably going to pop over a million dollars in revenue by the end of the year. So we're just humming along other than that kids went back to school so we have a whole nother thing to talk about as it relates to the future of work and what it means but maybe that's not for victor maybe that's for i do have some good ideas for some new uh from upcoming guests so just full speed ahead my man enjoying life taking it one day at a time and and figuring out how to have fun and be safe at the same time right <laughs> To bring this, I mean, real current, because uh, as much as, you know, you're growing, uh, we're growing, we're, we're doing these things, we're talking to a lot of people who, who are very optimistic, uh, looking to the future, uh, there's still a lot of struggles going on. And just this morning, I was on a call 
uh, with uh, somebody I followed for a long time, a really interesting guy, uh, Shelly Palmer. And he's pretty big in the tech space, uh, mostly entertainment. It was his background. And he posed a question this morning, and this was rather interesting. And, uh, and this, will fit, this will really fit into today, today's topic as well. Um, he, he talked about, he actually knows Andrew Lloyd Webber very well. And in the summer, uh, just about a month ago, uh, maybe two months ago, it was in July, uh, time flies. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber had given a presentation in front of the Commons, the English Commons, uh, about the state of entertainment. And he said it's really at the breaking point that breaking point, if, if something's not done now, uh, will it ever come back? And obviously, London. Uh, with, you know, theater uh, it was equivalent to, and many people say it's better than, than what even Broadway was. And Broadway won't be open, and, you know, until at least the beginning of next year. Uh, so he posed the question, and he has these 15-minute groups that meet once a week uh, in, in a number of different subjects. And this morning was, would you be willing to go back to the theater? Um, you know, are you willing to go back to the theater now? Right. Um, and uh, before I give you what everybody else's answer is, would you go to the would you go to the theater? Would you go to a, an event where you where you're sitting next to a lot of people? I mean, pr probably not. The short answer is probably not unless I heard about all the details that were considered prior to me arriving. You know, there'd have to be social sitting, maybe social yeah. distancing, yeah. masks, ventilation, all that stuff. So. Yeah, it's and that that was a consensus. There was about eighteen people on the on this particular call, and and every single person said no, they would not uh, be willing to do that right now, uh, which you know just confirms the, the concern that Andrew Lloyd Webber and, and anybody in the entertainment restaurant, oh the restaurant business, you know they're they're trying to operate at twenty five or now in this in in Pennsylvania at fifty percent, uh, you know soon, uh, but even that is, is when they you know most of these businesses can't survive. You know, unless they're at least mm -hmm. 25 or, you know, even 100 percent occupancy. Uh, so so the, the next part of that was, uh, especially in the entertainment business, but entertainment, hospitality, travel. Um, what happens to all these people who are currently laid off when when it does go back to normal, which we know that's not the, the, the right acronym. So it's in quotes. We go back to normal. What happens to all these people um, when a company, lay, you know, says we're, we're going to operate on 25 or 50 percent staff Question. Uh, and then, you know, maybe six months, a year, year and a half yet until things rebound and they bring them back. Are those people going to be available? And. Uh, and especially in the, I didn't think about it. They said, you know, all the, the gaffers and all, all the staff people, um, you know, many of them are electricians and, and in technology and they love the theater, but they got to make a living. So they're going to leave. And all this top talent that they had will not be available because they're already going to have other jobs. Um, so, again, as we keep talking about what the post-pandemic is going to look like, what the few you, you mentioned earlier, what the future of work was look, going to look like, it's going to look really, really different. And I think the assumption is, is, hey, we got to get back to business and then call back everybody back to work. But, hey, you do the call and not everybody comes back to work. And we talked about that before with commuting. Yeah. Well. Hey, yeah. you know, you can open the office up again. It's clear. And I go, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to do that two hour commute every day. And don't forget teachers. 
You know, you'd be surprised how many people, and this is one of the people that's going to be coming on the show later this year. You know, the the business, quote unquote, business opportunity of the new way to school. You know, you've got virtual, you've got peer to peer, you've got teachers that don't feel safe going back. So they're looking to do something different, not to do something different from teaching, but to do teaching different. And so that begs the question, are they going to come back? Because there, there is an absolute business model that allows a professional to get outside of the structure that no longer exists and make a living. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's probably a great time to bring on our guest today, uh, Victor Assad. Uh, just a little bit background while uh, we're bringing him on the air. Uh, Victor and I met maybe six, eight weeks ago. Um, I've been I've been joining the panels. I was a guest on the panel for JobSync, uh, who does a weekly roundtable. You for anybody on on our mailing list, Googleization Nation. By the way, if you want to get those updates, GoogleizationNation.com. That's free. Um, and uh, I've been partnering with JobSync, and we've had these roundtables. And uh, Victor, well, I was a guest for one, and he contributed to that. He was asking some great questions, and we connected, and then he gave a presentation just a few weeks ago. Uh, And uh, he's got a book called Hack Recruiting Out. And uh, Victor has been, um, he's got an impressive track record. I mean, two companies that uh, that you've probably recognized the names, uh, Honeywell and Medtronics, uh, to well-run companies, uh, and o- over time, uh, he was the senior HR leader uh, for for both of those. And then for the last few years, he has been uh, a CEO of his own consulting company, Victor Assad Consulting. Uh, and he's also um, there's a couple other things. Uh, he's also oh a sales advisor to me be me be bot. And he's a managing partner of Innovation One. So we're going to welcome Victor to the show. Victor, there you are. Ira, Keith, good to be with you. Thank you very much. Um, Appreciate the topic, uh, the discussion about theater. I have three adult children. They're all in theater. I can tell you when they open the theaters, they're going to be like cockroaches coming out of the woodwork, coming back to their to their love. And I think the West End and uh, London and I think Broadway, um, you know, at first it'll be slow, but they'll open up again because it inspires us. We love it. Um, And uh, it's always fun to be on a show like this to talk about how so much has changed in the world of work and recruiting, certainly Keith with education and, and, it's just, incredible. it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Even with scale. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, very much so. So, Victor, let, let's start with a, a couple of things here. Let, let's start with that question that I asked. Would you be willing to go back to the, th- with, with kids in, in the theater, uh, would you be willing to go back to the theater yet? Not today. I'm kind of with Keith. And so we know from the science that you know, big gatherings uh, in um, Australia, South Korea, other countries, as well as the United States, tend to lead to more COVID-19. And so I think um, uh, we have to wait a bit with theater. You know, there's no reason we can't do more Shakespeare in the park. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a venue I think could work well, making sure people are socially distanced and 
And, you know, they have um, masks on and all that. And, you know, Hollywood's beginning to refilm. And so Hollywood is figuring out how to keep the crew safe, the actors safe. Probably won't see any hot love scenes for a while. But, you know, we, we can do this one step at a time, including with uh, the theater. So, so how do we, uh, you know, we're certainly a uh, lot of changes there. And, uh, we, you know, and I know you've been talking about this for, for quite a while, although we've just met, you know, going back in, in and looking at some of your writings and, and your book. Um, I mentioned earlier, I don't know if you, you were able to be there or, or, or you could hear that, but I said we're sort of kindred spirits. As I was yeah. reading your, your hack recruiting, it's like, wow, that's, um, you know, we're, 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 we're right there. Um, what, I guess this was a tipping point. And, uh, you know, you, you certainly had a lot of corporate experience and you've seen this coming. And then overnight, it seemed to just like that, uh, we were there. What, what, is there anything that surprised you um, about this whole event other than the pandemic? I mean, is there anything that, that really shocked you beyond what, um, you know, just the shutdown? I, what I say may may feel political, but I'm I I'm a big believer in empirical evidence and science. You know, having worked at Medtronic, having worked at Honeywell and Honeywell Aerospace, and I'm just amazed when so many of our uh, I'll stick to the United States, our citizens and our leaders do not respect what our science is telling us, particularly in a new situation. So that's one thing. The second thing I'll tell you is that the pandemic has uncovered, you know, some um, some false narratives in how we work, one of which is remote work. And I implemented remote work at Medtronic's facilities in Santa Rosa, California, with a very supportive team of executives, a great uh, IT organization, a real estate organization that was terrific. And 45% of the workforce could work from home two to five days a week. And we began to hire people from exotic places like Des Moines, Iowa, that we never moved to California because we figured out how to do it. And the main emphasis is the reason for us doing it was really uh, accounting. Uh, We had um, facilities that were set up for labs and manufacturing we no longer needed. And it would cost too much to ship them into offices to make that transition. And I was asked, do we need to provide everyone an office? And I said, no, they can work from home. They don't want to commute up here from San Francisco where the young people like Keith were wanting to live in wonderful wine country where Ira, you and I might like it when it's, when it's not burning. And, and um, we can do this. It takes a transition, but we have the technology even in 2012 and it takes new operating norms. And along with that, back to the false narrative, people are saying you got to be together 24-7 to innovate. Not true. Most innovation occurs when people have time to think. They might be by themselves, and then they come back and talk with the team about it. And you know, there's the technology today, whiteboarding, this technology. Uh, there's t- software technologies for you know collaboration, proposing innovation projects, tracking the data, Tracking, you know, the, the prototyping that's going on, allowing management to collect all this and make a decision. 
we are beginning to realize we can use this digital technology more than to ask Siri to put together a shopping list for us. And, you know, let's use it at work. Let's use it in sales. And Keith, what uh, Ira knows this, but in the first chapter of my book, I say marketing and sales. I say this to the HR people and CEOs. Marketing and sales has been using this technology to create customer brand. We need to use it in HR to create employer brand and also to find on the Internet new uh, People that want to work for us, learn how cool we are, learn what the purpose of the company is, build a relationship with them and have them apply for our jobs. And then let the recruiters build that relationship and let the technology do the administration. We can't. It's not good to be a bad robot. It just is not a good image. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you. Yeah. We've got some feedback here, but. Keith, yeah, you're, 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 you're getting some feedback. Um, it, I don't know if you've got your kind of multiple speakers on or not, but uh, the feedback if you have a headset, um, is, let me, let me ask you, let me kind of lead into this, uh, Victor, uh, what, one of the opening statements you had in your book was investing in, in digital technology won't guarantee success. Uh, however, there's only 16% of digitalization efforts that succeed. So what the one thing that you just said uh, was that, you know, we need to innovate and we need to bring more technology. We need to utilize technology. And yet you, you I'm sure people read that and they go, yeah, we, we, we need to be more human. We need to have that person to person contact. And, and, and that's why technology is bad where it, that, that's not what you're saying. Correct. That's not what I have. Yeah. And, and in the book, what I first what I tell uh, CEOs and HR folks is, you know, with a focus on recruiting, let's lean out your process of recruiting. In many companies, recruiting is a high volume process. You know, maybe not during the pandemic, but I'm. Can you hear me? Ira? Victor froze up a second there. So, yeah, Keith, yeah. You're maybe it might be Victor's connection. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, um, so Victor was uh, talking uh, as we left, and you and I have had this chat before. I mean, one of the things that I posed to uh, Victor, and hopefully we'll be get him, able to get him back on the air. This is just like uh, the, the real news, right? That's right, <laughs> baby. We're on and off, and, and they're flipped out. So we're, we're learning how to fly here. Um, so, so people so, are afraid of live live interactions, not us. Yeah. So th- one, of the, one of the things is that – Victor had, had said, you know, the need for the innovation, and especially in the HR space. Uh, and one of the things that's happened with uh, with technology, and, and you've heard this before, is that we've had this, people have accepted the technology. They look to the ATS. They look to a chatbot. They look to a number of other things, uh, other uh, tools uh, to solve their problem, to solve mm-hmm. their problem. And it's a tool. It's not the solution. And I, I think that's a really critical differentiation. And that's where I left off with um, with with Victor. And, and, but the, the key element here is that people are aware. Like when we talk about specifically about recruitment, people are very much unaware of the difference between the goal being set and visualized versus Thinking technology is what gets you to the goal. It's the people that will always get the technology to help you achieve the goal. 
And that's been a recurring theme. I mean, even, you know, we'll get Victor back here, but the idea of what I was doing with Jobvite, I mean, we ultimately were trying to help people get to what they needed to do, which is connect with people in a recruitment fashion using technology to do it. So you're never going to get it there by just having people. You'll get outworked by technology and you'll never get there with technology because you need the connection. People will always want that interpersonal connection. Oh, exactly. So, you know, what, what this should, what technology should be doing is one is freeing up your time uh, and that of, of administrative tasks, tedious tasks, entering uh, data into spreadsheets, uh, not, and spreadsheets are really critically important. And that's why I, I hope we can get uh, Victor back on the line here. Uh, because he talks about it, that you don't need AI and machine learning and you don't need all these advanced degrees and millions of pieces, pieces of data uh, to be able to do it. Because some of the, the simplest functions, some of the simplest things are are just tracking uh, minimal amounts of trends and data uh, to get there. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it just still baffles me of how many calls, I won't say a day, but especially a week, uh, that I'm engaged in and people call me and, and, and are looking for a new ATS or uh, they have they, they call me and ask me, what do I think about, um, do, could I recommend the chat bot uh, or a bot? Uh, can I recommend another assessment? And it, it's almost this random search that if we acquire, uh, if we purchase w- another piece of technology, it will solve the problem. Welcome back, Victor. <laughs> yeah, my whole broadband went down. There you go. Sorry, guys. We were saying we don't run away from live. It, it was we don't perfect. run away from live. Yeah, and, and the sound is better, too. We don't have that echo, so I'm not sure where that that, that corrected that as well. Um, so, Victor, it, it basically, I, I was summarizing where we were talking about, and we were saying that, uh, you know, every day, uh, a couple times a week, not, I won't say every day, but a couple times a week, I get a call and people are looking for, you know, do I have an, a recommendation for a different ATS or or a bot uh, or what do I think about AI or we need a new assessment? And they're looking for technology to be the solution, not necessarily be a tool that helps lead to that. Um, and that's where I just left off. So you, you, you heard me Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, so like you, Ira, I tell people to start first with what is your strategy? You know, whether it's with the workforce to update your HR platforms or recruiting. And let's collect some data. Let's see what's working, what's not working. And then we can put together a plan to make improvement and see how technology fits into that. You know, in many, uh, you know, a lot of recruiters who are listening can relate to the fact in many cases You know, uh, interviewers are not conducting good interviews, sound interviews. They're not doing uh, what we might call structured interviews, which is a very sound practice to use. Or they even, you know, don't show up or they don't look at the resumes that they're given. And and back to uh, recruiting being a good sound process, you have to have everyone in the process knowing their role and trained for it and respecting the process, just like you do in manufacturing. So I always let's let's start there. Let's fix these problems. And then let, let, let's looking at what else hurts. Is it taking you too long to find candidates? Do you have people rejecting your offers? Is your turnover too high, either for the whole workforce or parts of it or for new hires after six months? Let's fix these problems. 
And depending on what that, that issue is, there's all sorts of great technology out there. You mentioned earlier, you know, I quote in the book, a Boston consulting group study, 87% of, of digitization efforts fail. And the two biggest reasons are they don't have a, a collaborative culture that is open about the technology, what it's going to do, and they don't invite those who are going to be impacted by the technology to be a part of the implementation. The other part of it is just bad IP, or excuse me, IT planning and project management or data management. And, you know, so again, technology is only a tool. I mean, you know, I can rattle off some great applicant tracking systems, some great chatbots uh, for recruiting or Maybe bots a great chatbot for answering common questions that come in from. Wow, today's not the day, huh? Yep. You know what? What strikes me as interesting as as I'm listening to him talk is this is what we talk about in 2019, right? We were talking about digital transformation, and and when he comes back, I'm curious. We have somebody who has been in the, the front line of Honeywell and Medtronic. These are not small companies. These are not and, and well, by really well-run companies. I mean, they, they are highly respected companies. Correct. Correct. So, Mike, I'm curious, who do you think needs to hear Victor's message? Is it HR people or is it the executives? I mean, the, the easy answer is both, right? But who needs to hear it now versus wants to be able to talk about it is really the theme because how do you get that message to them? In my humble opinion, you know, it's going to be the executives. Well, if we can't get Victor back, I know you and I are going to be talking about it, um, sure. you know, after the message, but we're, we are up against our break uh, right now. Uh, and we want to hear from our two sponsors, uh, Success Performance Solutions and Zor.ai. So we're going to take a short break. Uh, we will be back in just about two minutes. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai.
Hey, welcome back, everyone, uh, to our live TV show. Uh, you can see everything going on in the background. Uh, I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and uh, my co-host, Keith Compagna. Uh, the dogs were, were running loose, huh, Keith? <laughs> so, uh, so welcome back, and I'm not sure if Victor is uh, – I know his broadband had gone down, so yeah. it's going to go down again. Uh, he's out in Arizona, so 115, 117 degree temperatures, and uh, nearby fires may be interfering a little bit uh, with his transmission today. Uh, but when we, um, right before the break, and again, right, we want to thank Zor and Success Performance Solutions for being there. So, hey, welcome back, Victor. Uh, <laughs> Tell you, Jenks, the internet again to the house shut down and my wife's on the line to our web, you know, our, our broadband provider. Like, you know, this is really bad timing here. But anyhow, sorry, guys. Victor, let them know the Geek Skeezers and Googleization podcast is going on right now. Right. I already told them. I already told them. <laughs> so one of the things, Victor, uh, Ira and I were speaking about was the idea that we are totally on board. You know, it wasn't it was maybe a year and a half ago I was on bouncing around the country for job fight talking about how recruitment is conversational. It's not digital. Yeah. You have yeah. to have the tool. My curiosity to you, and I'm glad that you were able to come back on, is who needs to hear this message? Is it the executives? Is it the business owners? Or is it the HR practitioners? You know, all three and the finance people. And, and you know, many, many people think about uh, HR and recruiting as an administrative function, Keith. And what they need to think about it as, as an economist. And, and so if it takes you a long time to recruit someone uh, because you're not reaching out to people, you don't know where to find them, or you underpay in your market, but your turnover is twice as high as the market's turnover for that job, you, you are shoveling money out the back door. So it's really putting together this data and understanding what will be my return on investment for improving the processes, improving how people recruit, tracking metrics, using data, and you know, data literacy, the topic of this show, and then the technology that we want to buy. And if we can hire faster, you go to market faster. That's faster revenue generation. You know, if you can cut your turnover. You know, for an executive, that's 200% of salary and perks. For an engineer, 200% of, uh, for an engineer, it's 50%. For a McDonald's worker, it's 20%. Right. You know, there is real money here, but behind, but how people think about this in an accounting perspective, I don't want to pay $2 more for this role. They're not seeing the picture that really impacts them. So, Great question, Keith, and it's all of those people with an economic, you know, thinking about it, which involves data. So, so Victor, we've we've got a lot. I mean, we have a lot of HR people that are listening, but we also have a lot of small business, small medium-sized business owners and managers. And you know, oftentimes going back to what we were talking about earlier, is people say, um, we're, "What do you think about this new assessment?" Because it says it, it it's developed, it uses AI. You know, so, you know, if you, and again, we haven't walked around the conference in a while, but if if we were walking around conferences and this is conference season, September, October, November, uh, yeah. you know that 50 percent of all the exhibitors would say would have AI attached to what they were using. And yet we know that a small, medium sized, you know, small companies, they don't have 
millions of pieces of data. They do, but they're not all clean and they're not related. So yeah. part of, you know, part of my title that we came up with and what I heard you speak before, what I was impressed with is that HR data literacy does not require AI. It's, it's much easier than people think. So what are some of the first steps? And you started to lean into that a little bit with, hey, just let's look at turnover. Something that- Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, Ira, great question. And, and so people in smaller companies can turn to an Excel spreadsheet and first look at how long is it, how long are my jobs staying open by different job types, whether it's in engineering, marketing, or whatever? Where am I going to recruit and who's providing me the most candidates that I hire, not this that fill up, you know, my job openings? They, they can look at the turnover in these organizations. So, you know, often when I go in to help people with recruiting, fixing recruiting is part of the solution. But in many cases, it may be they're underpaying in their market. And so when you gather this data, it'll help you see what your problem is. If you got time for a quick story, you know, I, I can tell you where I have gathered this data, um, how long it takes us to recruit, uh, um, how long our jobs stay open, what's the turnover in these departments, and where we're spending our dollars. You know, in one company I worked with, uh, you know, we, we had uh, some of the jobs were open more than 120 days. Um, uh, their, recruits, their costs of recruiting when they looked at job postings, uh, third-party search, uh, the amount of times people spent interviewing, the cost of turnover when they have a gap, you know, I mean, uh, uh, of overtime. You throw all this together, and this is not difficult math. You can track it on a spreadsheet, and you can really see where your costs go, and then you can propose a new solution. And using this data, I propose that we, in for this company, we insource more of their recruiting use less third-party search. We did add um, some technology to help us, and we cut the cost of uh, recruiting down per hire down by 25%, and we shortened the cycle time to hire by 50%, and we cut the turnover of new hires by 25%. Um, and that also meant upping uh, what we pay for new hires and the existing workforce in some of these jobs. So, you know, you don't have to go out and buy AI for this. You can get a spreadsheet. You don't need a pivot table. You just sort of need what questions to start to ask and, and you know, pursue it. And, and, and one, of, one of the things that I found, and this came up, I know, in our job, in, in, I can't remember if it was your presentation or my presentation uh, that we gave with them, that sometimes when you're collecting the data, you think you have it. And yet you're, you're, you're trying to fill in the blanks and somebody asks, um, well, how long does it take? Or, uh, hey, I wonder if this is the same in, in all the departments or is first shift different than second shift? And you realize yeah. that we had partial data. We've only people have only been collecting part of the story. And then it, so, again, it's not even sometimes the analysis that reveals the problem but the collection of the data. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. But, uh, you know, you know, it's like when you begin to exercise again after an injury, it's one step before the other. You're going to peel back the onion. You're going to collect some data, see what it tells you, share it. 
Share it with those impacted. See what other insights they have. Um, you know, a big thing that we learned in that story I just told you is everybody, every function had its own recruiting budget. And uh, one thing that we discovered is that if we put it all back in HR, uh, we could have big buys on job boards. We could save a lot of money doing that. And so, again, it's getting started, peeling the onion back, looking at what it tells you and adapting and always tracking your results, telling at the top management to the hiring managers and showing a, a ticker. You're going to like this in sales, Keith, showing a ticker of the money that you're saving per hire. Sure. Uh, sure. At the end of the day, HR metrics um, are process metrics. At the end of the day is how does it drive the business's ability to profitably grow? That, you know, I tell people don't get hung up about employee engagement metrics. It doesn't measure enough, but it's really about the business measure. Same with recruiting metrics. It's what are you doing to empower that we're going to get people on board? We're going to accelerate our time to commercialize a new product or serve our customers and drive our profitable growth. And it has such a big role. Uh, again, there's there's a lot of talk now about diversity, inclusion, and, and, and equity, you know, DEI. Yeah. Uh, and I had, I interviewed on a webcast just uh, two weeks ago, time flies, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, Dr. Salon Shira, and she has a company called HC Moneyball. So it gives away what she does, the data yeah. side. And she identified within her data, she was, she was trying to, she didn't start out with that mission, but she started uh, out looking at how, how HR functions, human capital metrics of what we're talking about related to economic performance. And it's been in the research, you write about it, you mention it, is that companies that perform better always have their HR act together. Um, it's yeah. just, well, she found buried in that data because a lot of these companies, uh, and I know Medtronics has, has a huge uh, initiative and Honeywell with this too, with DEI. Um, what she found was that, that although people met, the, these companies met the EEO guidelines, they met the demographics, they didn't, they weren't succeeding on the inclusion and equity part. One um, is yeah. there? And simple things like not not necessarily who comes in your front door, but what were the opportunities for advancement? And did everybody get not that everybody needed an equal chance? And I know this opens up a rabbit hole. Everybody needed an equal chance to get there. But did, were they given the equal opportunity at the same pace? Over, over time. And they found that wasn't the case. And then on the reverse side of the recruitment was on, on the attrition were the minority leaving at a higher rate. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, affirmative action plans for, you know, your companies large or small that are, you know, deal with the federal government or state government, uh, they're required to do it. And that process uh, is a great process for tracking to see, are you treating people equitably with promotions and pay as well as with, with hiring? And, um, you know, frankly, it's not difficult. I mean, I, you know, back in my time at Medtronic, we put in checks to see that uh, people of color and women weren't being underpaid in their job family, because that's where it's at. Underpaid among people of similar skills and education in their job family when it's not about performance. And, and again, spreadsheets, we were able to take a look at that. 
And we were then able to go and talk to managers about questions about why is this person brought in less than another uh, at this at the same classification and bring people up to what the minimum minimums were. We went to a 90% minimum up to 120 uh, to the market value uh, in these different job families and their stratas. Um, but the data will illustrate that and tell you. And believe me, I know from the school of hard knocks, you want to understand that data and correct it before you're audited. Because once you're audited and they find something, if you're a big company, they're going to keep looking for five years. You don't want that. For sure. So looking ahead a little bit, um, you know, kind of putting your crystal ball on and, and we've had a lot of chats. Um, you know, one of our one of the questions that that we like to ask is if, if, we're, if we're back here, you're back here September of next year uh, and we're having this conversation again. What are we going to be talking about? Something different? Or... We'll be talking about my new broadband company. But I think <laughs> what we're going to be talking about is, is, is how we have moved so far with changes in recruiting, how we work, the world of work, and how we are using data. And that we're going to have people in HR, particularly, um, uh, you know, younger ones, but not just the younger ones, who are going to understand that, that these tools that HR has drive business performance and drive profitable growth. And when an HR person understands that and knows that they have the keys to profit, profitability, that gives them a seat at the table. And it's using the empirical evidence we have in HR, using the processes, the measures, the digital technology, everything we know about controlling unconscious bias which technology can help with the people that struggle the most with unconscious bias is usually the interviewer. Um, we're going to talk about these strides that we've made and have more examples of companies that have done that, not just the big companies like Google uh, who have the money to do these things and the curiosity and they publish about it, which is terrific, but also in the mid market and small market. Again, they don't have to buy a big data analysis platform. Get out the spreadsheet. Start asking questions. Look at where it hurts. Yeah, and, and we'll and we'll get to your book in just a second. We're going to start wrapping up here. But where could you know? So there's a lot of HR people that listen. Um, what are some good sources other than Hack Recruiting Book and the Recruiting in the Age of Googleization book? Where, what are some good sources that people can go to uh, to begin learning? Um, you know, how to track the data. So. Well, Ira, your book's a good one. Uh, ERE, um, uh, ERE.net is good. Uh, you know, Josh uh, Burson loves to write about technology and its application. He tends to be big company with that. Um, but, you know, those are good places to go. You know, a lot of folks in mid-market are with Sherm and Sherm's good. Um, but for digitization, you often have to turn and look at somewhere else uh, to these other places that we've looked at. Sherm's begun to write more about it, which is terrific. Um, and they need to, to keep continuing to do that. But that's what I would recommend. Yeah, excellent. I'll uh, add something to that one too, bud. HR.com has plenty of yeah. good insight. I know yeah. Debbie McGrath is doing a lot of work these days. And from what I hear, separating HR.com from Sherm's traditional HR approach. Yeah, that's you. You have a whole uh, you have a whole nother show with that story. 
Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Broadband, sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you follow him, uh, David Green uh, from over in the UK. Uh, he, he writes a lot about people analytics. Uh, yeah. But he actually does a kind of a weekly or a monthly digest. And yeah. pick out the, the 10 or 12 articles. So, uh, again, another area, just a more conceptual, um, uh, you know, yeah. uh, learning how to use Excel. There's a lot of programs on that. And, and hopefully. Yeah. People- yeah. No, that's a good one. You know, I could also add TechCrunch because um, yeah. they'll they'll write about the HR technology. Um, but some people might want to start with how it's applied. Uh, you know, to your point, I run, you can just start with spreadsheets and um so, so, you know, there's a lot of good sources for that. Yeah. We're, we're closing up here, but I do want to ask real quick, best leadership book you ever read, Victor? Um, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team is pretty good. Yeah. Um, that comes to mind, um, The One Minute Manager. <laughs> and, you know, that one is old, um, but uh, and situational leadership. Who that same uh, Blanchard also wrote that because you know a lot of there's a you know people say use the golden rule treat everyone the same no <laughs> you need to treat them based on what they're motivated to do and what their skills are and the situation you know those are three good books yeah the, the, the that's the platinum rule so don't treat people like you want to be treated treat people like they want to be treated <laughs> nice. and how they need to be treated in this new role. Yeah, the, yeah, the one minute manager was a great book, uh, and and one of the offshoots of that was uh, it was about getting the mon- monkey off your back. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember the title of it, but it was basically about uh, you know if if you feel like everybody comes in and and drops their monkey in your office, <laughs> and you're carrying everybody else else's monkey, uh, that that was pro- that was probably one of my my best books there. Victor, um, I really appreciate you being here. We got through, we actually got through the whole segment without any technical difficulties. So uh, <laughs> maybe your threats to the broadband company worked out. Um, other than uh, hack recruiters, you can go up to uh, uh, Amazon. I, I know and get that. Uh, how else can they get a hold of you? Um, uh, Amazon is good. It's on also the Sherm uh, website and Archway Publishing. Um, uh, so, you know, those are all good places to go. Okay, excellent. And if they want to reach out to you, uh, LinkedIn, is that the best? Yeah, LinkedIn or victorhrconsultant.com, uh, Twitter, uh, all good places. Excellent. Again, hey, appreciate you being here. I hope you stay safe. I know uh, you're you're out in Arizona, so it's pretty warm. And uh, in addition to COVID, you got the, uh, the heat and the fires, right? <laughs> Yeah, though it was only 70 degrees this morning, so maybe the, the tide is turning here, so that's great. And, and, and so hopefully the frogs and the locusts don't come soon. So. <laughs> or the UFOs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Thank Pretty you, fun. Victor. Hey, You're thanks welcome. For, it's uh, been a pleasure. We'll, we'll see you online. Appreciate the, all your insight, and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. Okay. We made it through, Keith. We had a couple little technical uh, issues there, but uh, we we we've grown used to that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, uh, and a special special shout out to our producer Rebel, who's helping us and and figuring out on the fly. Great job today, yeah. and you too, dude. Like this is a wild ride. This is fun. We're gonna have more of these, so. We don't care about little speed bumps, do we? <laughs> we, uh, we always have enough to talk about and can pick up the conversation uh, for, for that. 
again, so I hope everybody uh, will uh, enjoy this. Uh, let us know what you like. If you have guests or topics uh, that you'd like us to uh, present, uh, please let us know. We're putting our, our third season calendar together. So this is not the official launch of the third season. That's going to be our first uh, episode in October. Uh, but this is our first uh, streaming. So really appreciate that. So if there are topics, uh, guests, uh, if there's somebody that would like to be on, let us know. Hopefully we can do have some more interactive uh, conversations uh, through the chat and so forth uh, using this uh, format as well. Uh, remember, I want to thank uh, Victor again, Victor Assad, uh, and uh, go up and pick up his hack recruiting book. It's uh, it's really, really good. It's got a lot of stats, and and uh, it uh, it basically complements a little bit of what, what I talked about, but uh, you can go up to ere.net, too, and, and pick up some good topics there. Um, you can also, by the way, just for, for my book, uh, we'll We'll do the shameless plug. Nice. Uh, recruiting in the age of Googleization. You can go to best HR uh, book, besthrbook.com. Still giving away for free. So you just have to pay for some shipping. Uh, or you can go to googleizationnation.com and uh, join, get some updates. Uh, you will, that'll probably be one of the better ways to, to get the uh, live link. And uh, we will be on for, yeah, for, the, for, for the near future. Uh, we will be on uh, W4CY as we were in the past, but also uh, YouTube and Facebook Live. So hopefully we'll get the, a lot more interaction there. Any final words, Keith, on that? Uh, no, just um, keep focused on what's going on here. I like the momentum of the conversations we've been having. It feels like people are letting go a little bit and relaxing their stress so they can be creative. So we're going to keep doing that, and we're going to keep helping you. We've got some really good guests coming uh, these next couple months. So stay tuned, folks. More to come. Yeah, and just had a request to hold up the book uh, once again, and uh, we'll do it there. This is Ira Wolf and Keith Campagna, the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Thanks again to Zor.ai and Success Performance Solution. Uh, you can catch replays of this on now on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, iHeart, you name it, we're there. Uh, until next week of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, the Cyber Wolf and Keith Capagna. Don't let the shift hit your plan. <laughs>